Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 34. Can you believe that? We're moving through them here. That's not too bad. Uh, listen, on today's program, we're covering a lot of ground. Obviously, you've heard us speak at length about the impeachment proceedings. Looks like there will not be witnesses, but the trial could draw out into next week with some uh, statements to be made by various senators. We'll see how that plays out. But right now, where it stands, uh, they're in recess. Uh, and today is an opportunity afforded to both sides to make some uh, some final remarks. Uh, not, but Okay, I say final, but that's quote-unquote final. There'll be a vote later on tonight. Looks like that vote will defeat any possibility for witnesses. And then uh, tomorrow, they may have, they may take the day off, or they may start working through these motions with an end to this whole deal coming uh, next week. Anyway, we'll see. There's a lot of questions, a lot of things up in the air still. This segment, though, we're going to talk about uh, a strange deal. You know, where, you know where we're located here, the KSL Broadcast House? Well, just down the street uh, is West High School, a big historic brick building. I, I jog by there from time to time. It's a beautiful. I mean, it's it's like the type of uh, school building you would see in a movie. It, not, not like High School Musical. That's East High School. Uh, but West, uh, it's a beautiful. History. It is exactly what if you close your eyes, think of schoolhouse, you're going to see West High School. Well, uh, their principal uh, back in November of last year, it was a, it was a busy day. And the events of that day kicked off a series of events that have led us to uh, today, where, depending on who you ask, uh, the principal has either been placed on administrative leave or has been terminated. Uh, and we have, of course, reached out to the, the school district. We spoke to uh, the director of communications over there and community relations. Uh, it's a woman we've had here in studio to talk about other matters, Yandri Chatwin. Uh, she let us know that as this is a personnel matter, uh, she could was very limited in terms of the information she was able to share with us. Let me just tell you what she had to say. It was that she can't comment. The school can't comment on personnel matters. Uh, but what could be confirmed is that the district has concluded its investigation and Mr. White has been made aware of that conclusion yesterday and his current employment status continues to be out on administrative leave. Joining me in studio today is uh, the attorney representing that principal, uh, Ford White, uh, here. Uh, Michael Teeter joins us uh, to tell us uh, what's going on. And uh, first and foremost, let me just thank you for, for coming down. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Grateful to you. Let me ask you this. Let's start at the beginning of this whole story. What happened on November 14th? A crazy series of, series of emerging events for uh, Principal White. He arrived in the morning to campus with a potential suicide This was note. a school day. School day. He arrives on a Thursday morning. Arrives, I think it was about 7.15, 7.30 in the morning. 
gets there and is immediately greeted with a safety alert that another student on campus had informed the school through an anonymous uh, uh, app that like that Safe UT app. Yeah, we Safe know so UT much app. About. Sure. Exactly. That uh, that student was concerned about another um, student who might be suicidal, and because of that, Principal White started immediately searching for that student. Uh, at the same time, he was notified that there had been a ominous. Uh, threatening suicide note left on campus as well. So he has two potential suicides. He's looking for a student who um, he can't find in class. She's not there. The student who about the the where the other classmate had alerted about was not in campus on campus where she's supposed to be. He began wandering looking for her. Eventually found her. Brought her to the counselor's office. Same time he's trying to he sent out an alert to all the faculty with the suicide note that was ominous in nature and asking if they recognize the handwriting, trying to decode it, trying to figure out what's going on. And then he uh, looks out and sees two students, former students on campus who had just two weeks ago been expelled for having engaged in a fight that left another faculty member injured. And so he goes... Totally unrelated situations, unrelated. But both demanding of his attention. Right. Unrelated, uh, security threat, um, a potential suicide threat. And that's the same morning, by the way. People have forgotten this. That's November 14th was the same morning the, of the shooting at Saugus High School in California around that same time. So word starts getting out about an on-campus shooting. Now they have a, uh, an ominous suicide note that kind of th- is threatening in nature. And now people are arriving on campus who have been banned from campus. So he goes to confront those former students who were not allowed on campus. And in passing, he sees uh, the three female students who are look sick. And so he uh, deals with the students who weren't supposed to be on campus and then comes back to the ones who look a little bit sick and starts addressing the situation there. And what, what happened then? So the, the, these, there are three girls there. Uh, they are demonstrating some sort of symptoms of something. Right. They they look like they're sick. One of them is talking to him, like jumping up and kind of enthusiastic and saying, no, we're just they're they're just sick. They ate something bad last night uh, that that seems OK to him. Initially, he's enough of a distance away that he can't tell what's going on. But once he gets closer, realizes the situation, um, he realizes that they're sick and and starts to get them off campus. How does he do that? He has the, the vice principal assist him and he drives. He doesn't allow the student who now may or may not be intoxicated. He doesn't know. He doesn't allow her to drive. She seems sick anyway. And so gets them into the her car. He knows the family. He's been interacting with his family for quite some time about other issues. And so he um, has the vice principal drive behind him. And the, the house is not very far away, a couple minutes away. Drops them off and drives back. Um, leaves them with a family member and drives back with the vice principal. The, the principal operates the motor ve- the, the vehicle of the student uh, and transports that, that student plus the two others to this known family member's home. Yes. Deposits them there along with that vehicle and then rides back to the school with the, with the assistant principal. Yes. Right. And, and, and that's it. That's, uh, that, was all, that was all that, uh, that the 14th entailed. Yes. What happened the next day? Next day, he arrived on campus. I mean, let me back up. On the 14th, he was also texting with the, the students' parents, letting them know what happened, telling them that they needed to address it probably the next day because he was already dealing with these other crises that were going on on campus and he wasn't going to spend time about the other students at that time. Let me ask you this in yep. terms of the, you know, the, the makeup and the hierarchy of the school. To, to whom does the principal answer? Well, there's a, there's a 
an HR person basically who oversees him, but other than that, to the superintendent. Did the, did the principal on the 14th have communication with this HR person or the superintendent? Yes. On this matter? Yeah, through texting. I mean, and, and basically said, we're dealing with these issues here um, and, and I'm addressing them. And then the next morning he, he arrived, he pulled together his, his team of people and they were going to start talking about the previous day and how to move forward from it. And he was notified to come to the, uh, the district office and he was placed on administrative leave. On the, on the 15th? On the 15th. And what has transpired over the past few months? The district has been engaged in what is a very prolonged investigation. It's taken you know two and a half months at this point. And yesterday he received word that, well, two days ago he was asked to come into the district office. We met with them and they provided him a letter that was a notice of his termination. Let me ask you this. Uh, at, what, at what stage uh, does the principal think to himself that he needs legal representation? When do you come into the picture? Um, he approached me uh, about a a few days after he was placed on administrative leave. And how, uh, from your position, what do you do? So now the principal is in a position where he has, as you've stated here, received uh, the, the intent to be terminated or a notice of intent to be terminated on the part of the district. Uh, what do you and he do from here? Uh, we think about his next steps. He has some rights to a, to a hearing if he wants to contest it, or uh, we can proceed with other options. We're, we're kind of weighing those. It was a bit of a um, a blow yesterday. You didn't give much notice. They were just asked, just the district just asked him to come in at one thirty, and with, so you know less than twenty four hours notice. And we changed our schedules around, and we went in. It was a very short meeting. They provided no real explanation beyond the the letter that they handed him, and then uh, we've been conferring since then. We're going to figure out how he wants to move forward. We're speaking to Michael Teeter, an attorney representing uh, Principal Ford White, uh, who up until. Uh, well, it depends depends on how you measure it. Uh, former principal at West High School. I have a couple more questions to ask you. Can sure. you hang out through this commercial break? Yeah, sure. Uh, outstanding. We're going to get to a few more questions here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.